Hello everyone and welcome. I would like to welcome to the Inner Leadership Podcast Navin Amarasuvia. And Navin, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly correctly. And Navin has not only agreed to do this interview, but has also going to host a number of podcasts going forward. So without further ado, maybe I can ask Navin a few questions. First of all, maybe you could tell us a little, our listeners, a little bit about yourself, your business, and your professional background. So thanks a lot for having me on your inaugural podcast, and I'm, I'm sure this thing is going to go places. Uh, my name is Navin Amarasuria, and I'm the fifth generation of a Singaporean family business called BP De Silva, which was founded in 1872. And I have been involved in an operational role in the company for about seven years. I'm still on the board, although I've left my operational role to explore different parts in education. I am passionate about contemplative practice and uh, really happy to be here. Um, the premise of inner leadership is that meditation and mindfulness can help one and one's business be better, more effective, and make a more positive contribution to society as a whole. But that must start with oneself. Maybe you can share a little of your journey in the meditation and mindfulness practice. My journey into the world of meditation really began with a guy called Matthew Ricard, who was a geneticist uh, who left his work in these incredible universities in the 70s to become a Tibetan monk in the mountains of the Himalaya. And he was just an anonymous monk for many years until the early 2000s when he started to work on neuroscientific research into the effects of mental training on the brain. Uh, I've always been an engineer at heart, and the work that he produced was just a stunning love letter to the fact that we can train our minds, and through training the way that we see the world, we affect the very reality that we occupy. Uh, working in the luxury goods industry, uh, we produce products that, uh, that really are supposed to be the height of conspicuous consumption. And it was very interesting how some people who were extremely wealthy uh, didn't seem that happy. And the people that were making these beautiful products, the craftsmen, who really materially had a lot less, had a much better quality of life and were flourishing in their work. So this question of perspective that Matthew first planted in my mind uh, really became more interesting. And the work of meditation practice is really cultivating different kinds of perspective. That's very interesting. Maybe uh, we can put some links to Matthew's TED Talks in the show notes so that our listeners can learn a bit more of what your inspiration was. Navin, I know that you are a big proponent of the application of these practices into business. And on a practical level, how do you see this actually working? In the business context, meditation, which is a very big term, uh, in my mind is broken into two parts. The first one is sustaining attention on an object or cultivating awareness for a particular moment in time. Uh, what this really means is if you're in a meeting with a subordinate or a superior, can you really give this person your full attention? And the depth of that attention ultimately changes your perspective of that interaction with the person. So it's training attention on an object or with open awareness, and then using that focused attention to then consider how your perspective shifts. So one of the things that we instituted at the previous company I was working at was 
before every meeting, when people are rushing in, they're putting down their laptops and turning their phones to silent, we all would just sit for a minute. It wasn't long, just 60 seconds in complete silence and take some time to arrive. And really what that does is it calms everybody down. Physiologically, your heart rate goes down, your breathing becomes slightly longer and slightly deeper. So when the silence is lifted and you start to discuss a topic, you bring to it a different kind of energy and a much deeper sense of attention. And ultimately, successful business decisions or any decisions really are made with a sound mind or a mind that is clearer than uh, and than others. So spending this time, this 60 seconds to really zero in and become calm, that has been shown to lead to a better quality of decision. And did you find much resistance to this? Initially, the 60 seconds seemed like an eternity for some. But eventually, people started to relax a lot more. And uh, from, a, from a functional perspective, people then sensed how much uh, intensity was brought to the discussion after that. And that, that attention and that focus ultimately made the meetings, in my opinion, more productive. So by the end of it, this became part of the culture. And once it's in the water, it's just part of the organization's thing. Okay, so what has been some of your biggest learnings, either about yourself or others, in the last few years that you've been exploring in meditation and mindfulness? And uh, how, do, how do you apply these to your life? ...that I've had quite recently is that with any kind of habit, it's really important to cultivate the right motivation and really find the joy in the practice itself. I think when I began meditating, I felt that there was a place to go and there was someone I had to be. And the trouble with that is when you train really hard with an outcome, that expectation of outcome kind of prevents you from really diving into the work itself. Um, I was more interested in doing the fancy tricks than, than I was really getting into the work itself. Recently, I've decided to give up the end as much as I can to focus on the process and not the reward and really try and cultivate the joy of the process. So if I walk down a street and I see a beautiful tree in the sunshine and I train my attention on it, I know that neurologically I'm building a habit in my brain to direct my attention at an object at any one time and focus very deeply on it. And I hope to bring that into other things as well. So the biggest learning, again, is never forget about cultivating the right motivation, finding the joy in the process, and realizing the outcome will come if it comes. And if it doesn't, hey, you know, there's lots more time to practice. Uh, with regard to others, I don't think I have much learning from others aside from trying to model the behavior myself as opposed to trying to tell people what to do. So it's the classic idea of show, don't tell, and uh, be the change you want to see. Now, if that has really whetted my appetite for your presentation at the Inner Leadership Summit in 2020, in March, for those of you who don't have tickets yet. Um, but for the summit itself, I'd be interested to know what you hope to get out of it. And we have a big lineup of speakers, but is there anybody in particular you're excited to see? 
You know, that's a really tough question because you have people like Barry Curzon, who obviously spent so much time with the Dalai Lama. And uh, I'm sure the Dalai Lama inspired him to don the robes and deepen his practice. Uh, Ngkok Song, who was managing the entire purse of a country and really having to make decisions on a massive scale and using his meditation practice to improve the quality of those decisions to people like Chad Ming Tan, who really was the catalyst of the corporate mindfulness movement in the US, Crystal and Greg, who do amazing work in Singapore. I, I find it very difficult to pick one in particular, but I feel of the people that I don't know very well, Julia Kim uh, from Bhutan, uh, where she's been the director of the Gross National Happiness Division, is someone who I'm really looking forward to listening to purely because she's trying to create quantitative metrics or she has established quantitative metrics for you know qualitative um, uh, well-being criteria which is so important in today's day and age because what can be measured can be changed and by trying to quantify happiness as, as imperfect as that is it gives a, a policymaker much more well-rounded set of tools in order to make the right decisions for a country so I'm really looking forward to listening to her and really all the other speakers as well. Personally, I'm very look, looking forward to hearing yours. And thank you very much for coming in this afternoon. And I'm also looking forward to the next podcast where hopefully you will be the host. So thank you very much. Very kind of you. Thank you. Okay, guys, that is it for today. Um, I really would like to thank Nathan for coming in and sharing his time. Uh, I would also like to thank anybody who has listened to this. I hope you have learned something or taken something from it. Uh, we are love to hear any of your questions, and we will try to address them on, in the future podcasts. Um, and also, please go visit our website at innerleadership.global. Um, if you want to come to the summit, there are still tickets available. And... Um, we look forward to hearing and communicating with you soon.